I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We're here today with special guest superstar Sarah Davis. She's <laughs> uh, a longtime Songtown member and has had some amazing things happen. So, Sarah, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Well, I would love to hear because we've never actually talked about this, but like, tell me about when you started writing songs. Yeah, so I started writing songs um, probably like when I was like nine or 10. I think that my first like album that I had gotten was from the Scholastic Book, the book fair thing. And it was Uh this like whole, it was when Speak Now by Taylor Swift came out and it was like the whole book and it had like all of the stories of the songs and the album came with it. And it was this whole thing for me of like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. I want to do this. And so then, and that whole album is self-written. And so that was part of when I was like, I want to do that. I like, you can sit in your room and just like write songs by yourself. That's amazing. And so then I started taking guitar lessons and, and obviously I had grown up on like the ultimate, like golden age of Disney in my mind, which is like Hannah Montana and Camp Rock and just very like music centered shows. And so it was always this whole thing of like, well, of course somebody writes the songs. Hannah Montana's dad writes the songs, obviously. (laughs) And so it was always kind of like, I never really had that like moment of like, whoa, you can write songs. It was more like, well, of course, like that's how, that's how all of this works. I see this every week. And so um, just kind of started writing songs here. And then I was going back and forth to Nashville on the summers and I played the Bluebird and did all of, all of that exciting stuff. Um, And then was kind of just like meeting people. I had moved there in 2015 at the start of high school. And so then throughout that, I was like, meeting people through like NSAI and Songtown, obviously. And so then I had started co-writing and I would do that like in the afternoons and on the weekends. And so that was kind of how I learned to co-write and collaborate with people, which kind of opened up this whole other world in my mind where it was like, wow, this is amazing. You can, you can do this when you go home and you can write it by yourself, but you can also like work with somebody else who's also creative and, and your guys' brains work in different ways, but then it plays together. And so it was kind of just this whole amazing transformative time um, of moving there and just like meeting people. And, and I feel like honestly, Songtown was so early on the wave as far as the the Zoom write and the Skype writes. And so it was so funny when like, when 2020 happened and everybody was like, oh my gosh, can you write a song on that? And all of us were like, well, yeah, we've been doing this for years. Cause I was <laughs> writing with people who would like come into town to Nashville, people who lived in Nashville, but then also people who were like in Canada or New York or wherever. And so it was kind of that amazing sort of like every opportunity is available, um, which obviously like helped me massively fall in love with the whole process. So it's been amazing, but no, so I had moved there and was doing some co-writing and meeting people through that. But then um, I had gone to, somebody had told me about the Berkeley summer camp. And so I went to LA for a week and did their LA one. And it was like all about the song. And I remember they had talked about um, top lining and it was kind of this crazy thing of like, it, I don't feel like it, it was like very much so starting to, to sort of be a thing in Nashville, but it was very obviously prevalent in LA. And so they had talked about this and me only really being in Nashville. I was like, whoa, you can write songs to a track and like have it already produced. And like, that's so crazy. That gives you so many options. And so 
kind of was like coming back to Nashville after that week being like, wow, top lining. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I saw that Sumtown was having a top lining crash course class. And it was kind of this moment of like, whoa, I had just heard about this. And then this is being offered. Like, obviously this is something that I'm very interested in and want to do. And so then had signed up for the class and, um, and was able to meet a ton of people through that and had the track sent to us and we would write them and post them. And I got to hear how, how much everybody hears the same track in a super different way, which I think was amazing. And then hearing feedback from people and you guys and all of that. And so then um, had taken the class and then uh, was like in a co-write the day of, it was like the start of October, I want to say in 2016. And that was the day of the birthday bash. And the person that I was writing with was like, hey, you should come to this thing. Like, it's super cool. And I was like, cool. Obviously, like, I've met a ton of these people on this class, but I haven't met them in person. And so then had gone to the old listening room. And um, and then you guys were amazing enough as to award me the song of the year for that song, which was super amazing. And so then that really helped me like meet more people in the community and outside of it. That's how I met Gail was from that night. She was there. She had just moved to Nashville. She was 12. I was 15. We were little babies. And um, and so then, of course, she was like, she was 12 and she was like, well, if there's like a young girl who just won an award for a drinking song, I want to know her. That That's amazing. And so then that's how we met and that's how we started writing. And so it's, it's really just been super fun and just been like the ultimate rewarding experience of just meeting a ton of people, working with a ton of people, continuing to be inspired by so many people. And, um, and it's been great. And it's all been based off of so many relationships. I feel like that's the, that's the thing that coming to Nashville and starting the journey, I remember everybody was saying it's, it's relationships, it's relationships, it's relationships. And I feel like it's super overwhelming in the start to be like, yeah, but like, but how do you, like, it doesn't like all of these things and it all stacks up and like, whoa, and find your tribe and all of that sort of stuff. But I mean, that's really been so much of, of my journey at least has been based off of, I meet this, this person and then they introduce me to even this song, which inspires me in this way. And then they, they, it all comes back. It's, it's been fun, but. Yeah. It's amazing to look back on and, and see how all the dots connected within a lot of times. That's great. Of course, I, didn't yeah. I didn't realize that you and Gail met at the birthday bash. That's Yeah, crazy. we did. We were little babies. Yeah. And so yeah. it was, we were doing um, like both of us, obviously we're doing music separately. That's what had brought us to Nashville. But then at that point it was like, Oh my gosh, like, we're, we're wanting to meet people. We're wanting to co-write. We're wanting to collaborate. And so we had met at that. And then we had um, sessions from there and we were just like, well, we really like pop music. I don't know if anybody's, I don't know if anybody's able to do pop music, but like in Nashville, if there's even a scene, cause of course we didn't know anybody. And so, um, so we were like, well, we want to write pop songs. And so then I would go over to her house and we would write pop songs on guitar in her basement. That's awesome. But that's how it started. Well, you know, one of the things in Songtown, Clay and I are always trying to come up with things that we needed along the way. And that class you mentioned about top lining happened because I went to a songwriting camp. And when I got there, they said, okay, you're a top liner. So you're in the room with so-and-so. And I went in the room. I was like, what's a top liner? Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know what they called me when I went in there, you know? So it's from, crazy. from being embarrassed in that, in that camp, I was like, man, we need to teach people about this so I, that's kind of where that came from well I'm so glad that you did because like I said I had like just freshly heard that term also 
And, and of course, like everybody was, was learning so much in that, but there were a ton of people from LA that were like, oh yeah, like, of course, Justin Tranter is a top liner, like, cool, that's what he does. And so then seeing that class, I was like, wow, I'm very interested in this. I want to know what it is. So that helped so much. And look at that whole little circle moment. I know it's crazy. You know, it's exciting to see you succeed but it's it's also su- exciting to see you succeed with people that were just starting out with you you know totally. like you like you and gail and you know i i don't know how many times a week i hear people say well i'm trying to write up you know I'm trying to write with people that are higher up the ladder than me and and i keep saying most of the people i see succeeding find other talented people and they kind of rise together and so it's cool to see that you guys have done that i know so tell me a little bit about a, B, C, D, E, F, U. Uh, yeah. How about how that came about? Oh, you wrote that with Gail and with Dave, who's yep. a very talented writer. So, so tell amazing. me about that day. Yeah. So um, we had come out of quarantine, obviously, where I think it was just like a weird time for everybody. It was like trying to write on Zoom, but then also trying to like stay inspired through that. And so Gail and I had quarantined together. Um, and we were like, cool, we're just going to like, if the world is ending, we might as well just like <laughs> hang out. Cause like we're best friends. And so we're like, let's just like hang out, play a lot of Catan. And then we can also like write songs. And so it just made a lot of sense. And so we had come out of like just a few months of just like living together and, and working like the two of us, but then also zooming people in. And so it was just like a really interesting time, I think for a lot of people creatively. And so then in August of 2020 was when we had that session and we had worked with Dave. Um, like I want to say, maybe three or four days before like the world shut down. So our first, so she had worked with him once before, maybe like six or seven months before COVID started. But then the three of us first worked together, um, like probably the 10th ish of March. So it was right before quarantine, but we had met in person and, um, and then we had done a zoom with Dave like throughout COVID, but then we had this session in August and I had asked Gail's manager, like, Hey, is this in person? Is this at Big Yellow Dog? Is this publisher? And so is it at Big Yellow Dog? And her manager had said, yeah, like, yeah. And so we were so excited because, oh my gosh, this is going to be one of our first in-person sessions. Like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so then we pull up to his studio and we pull up at 11 o'clock and he texts us at 1101 as we're getting out of the car saying, here's the zoom link for today (laughs) and we were standing outside and we were like oh no oh oh no and so we texted him and we were like dave oh my gosh like we're here uh what do we do and he had said he was like well i mean i'm also at the studio thankfully he was zooming from the studio and so he had said well i'm here as long as you guys have been like very careful like we could do like a distance mask session And so we were like, okay, let's do it. And so we actually wrote that one, like spaced out in his studio, like with masks on and like, but we were, I think so much of the energy was, we were just so excited to like be in person. And so I think that that's a lot of it too, was we were like, that was his first in-person session. Maybe we had done one at that point. Um, but we were just so excited to like see another human in person and we were (laughs) back together and like all of that sort of stuff. And so Dave is a big titles guy. Dave, Dave is the king of, of titles and concepts. And so Dave had said like, Hey, um, I don't know what, what the vibe is today. I don't know what we want to write, but, um, I'm just going to go through my titles. And if there's anything cool, then we can like 
think about that. And so he had gone through his note. And the first one that he said was A, B, C, D, E, F off. And we were like, wait, hold on. That's amazing. And it was so funny because Gail and I both looked at each other and we were like, no, this is no, that's yeah. Oh my gosh. And Dave was like, no, like that was just the first one. I have way better ones. Like, (laughs) let me just like, that was just the first one. Like, cool. If you still think that that's cool, we can do it. But like, let me read more. Like, that's not the best now. And we were like, no, we have to do this. And Gail was like, there is no better song for me. Like we have to do this. And so then he was like, okay. And so, um, so we, we were building off of that and we were coming out of this like very toxic, very bad relationship that she was in and that her and I felt like we had both gone through together, you know, like seeing all of the bad in this guy, all of the stuff. And so um, she was finally like in this spot because she's just, she's a better person than I and a lot of people would be in that situation. She's just like, but you know, maybe like if somebody says something terrible to her, she, her gut reaction is, well, you know, maybe they're having a bad day where like me, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that's ridiculous. And so she had been throughout this breakup, very mature and calm but also as the best friend I was like but remember when he did this and he did this and like all of that sort of stuff and so she had heard that he had been saying some not so nice things about her and so she was finally at this point of frustration and we were excited that we were in person and all of this stuff and so then we were finally for the first time like at that point able to like dig into the frustration of the relationship I feel like the way that a lot of people, whether it's a relationship or any sort of thing, can feel that sort of universal frustration point in a lot of things. Um, And so, yeah, so we were just kind of, we wrote it on guitar. That day we wrote a verse and a chorus because one of us had to head out. And so then we wrote the verse and the chorus and and loved it, thought it was super cool. Um, and then a couple of days later we had said, cause at that point, I think Dave was going on like a trip or something. And so we had to like do it before the trip. You know, we want to get it done because we don't want to think about it afterwards. Like we just want to hear the song finished. And so then we had gone in, like, that was a Tuesday. We had gone in the next like Friday and, and finished it up and changed a couple of things. And so we just had a guitar vocal and that's, honestly for like a year basically what we had it had gone through a bunch of production versions to get it out um and that's why it has multiple versions on spotify was because we were going through different different versions of production with different producers and all sorts of stuff and it was kind of like well each of them has something so special and i feel like each of them showed and honestly was a massive lesson to me of how much production can change the song and it can and it can play to a different attitude in a in a line there or it just it was interesting seeing how much it frames it and so i think that that that's been something super cool also is having different versions released so that people can feel different things based off of the same top line coming back to top line but lyrics and melody um, and it just changes it and it gives it so many different situations and so many different people and so many different lives. I was listening to it the other day when I was jogging, so I wasn't looking at it, but it, so it comes on plays and I go, that's the one I've heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. And there's another one and another one. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So it was fun to listen through all of them, you know, together like that. Yeah. It kind of gives it this whole experience of like, like 
it's been interesting seeing people even just online respond to it and and people will fight about like no the angrier version is better and <laughs> no the original version but the chill version is so cool and so it's interesting seeing and i think it's been super rewarding seeing so many people have like have feelings towards all of them and like no the angrier is my baby and so it's just uh -huh. it's been a really fun thing seeing that that's awesome tell me about the journey of the song like so you said it sat around for a year while you worked on different things mm -hmm. um how did how did it get to the point of being released like, so yeah so um we had written it in august of 2020 and then and we were just kind of in this mode of just like writing for a project like there wasn't really a set she had released four songs um through her her publishing company and the record side of that um but then at that point she was signing with atlantic um for label and so we had written the song and we knew that it was really special and everybody was really excited about it but like i said it was just it was about the timing being right and it was about um the different honestly the production being right we were doing so many different versions because like i said in each one of them there was something really special and it kind of gave gave it this new perspective of like oh well that's really cool we didn't think about that and we want to incorporate things like that um so i think it was just honestly about finding the right production and the right timing of it and so we had actually we had obviously we were still writing a ton for the project but we kind of knew that that was like a special one and that we really liked it and that at some point that hopefully that that would have a life and so um we actually had another single picked out for for the first single for um for her first release under atlantic and we she had filmed a video and it was sent to spotify it had the cover art it was like done and then a few weeks before um they had figured out the production her and then pete nappy who ended up being the producer on it she had gone in just to work more with it thinking that it would be a single later on down the line just the way that the timing of it was going to work out and so they had figured it out and they they got production back and it sounded amazing and the song felt right and so then they switched the single which i feel like is honestly so amazing to see a label and a team like atlantic that is so willing to just follow whatever feels right versus saying like well we've done this we're invested in this we have to do this and so that was an amazing thing seeing them be very flexible and and follow what what everybody's gut was saying and so then the song came out in august and it was so exciting we were we were so excited about it the song was finally out it was like our baby like i said we had gone through so many different versions of it that it felt so nice to just like have it out and people were responding and all of that and then probably around halloween time like start of november all of a sudden it started picking up steam on TikTok. And people started making videos and it was amazing because people would do different trends. I think the first one, at least that I saw was people were doing um, American sign language to it and they would do it to A, B, C. And so they would do that. And then throughout like November, I think was honestly the month where it like grew the most. It was getting um, like crazy playlists that we were so excited about. Um, and then people were just doing different trends. Like I remember around Thanksgiving, my favorite was people would um, pose with their family and they would like, subtly flip off the camera and it was like That's oh and it was like mom's not gonna know that we did this until after it's done she thought that she got this great family photo and so it was fun seeing so many different people react to it and and apply it to different situations and and hear so many messages of like thank you this has helped me through a really tough breakup and so it's been really crazy and it's and it's interesting that it was it was doing so much before but then seeing it like 
resonate with so many people and so many people be exposed to it and, and like welcome it into their lives has been amazing, but it's all been, it's been an interesting journey and it feels like it's been a lot lately as far as just like more people hearing it and and it being on the radio and stuff, but it's been, it's been a really special journey and it's been over a decent, like a year and a half at this point, I guess a decent amount of time. Yeah, a lot of times people think that stuff happens so quick and it, it oh, really yeah. does, you know. I know, it's but, crazy. What do, do you remember the first time you heard it on the radio? Um, so the first, I two first times. The first time that I heard it on the radio, um, I was, like I said, all of this has happened around holiday time. And so I was in Phoenix where I'm from. And, um, and my mom had just come back from like the gas station or something. And I had just gotten out of the shower and she had said, oh my gosh, I was listening to, they have like a TikTok radio station on Sirius XM. And so she had said, oh my gosh, I was just listening to it. And they were saying that they were going to go through like the TikTok hits countdown. And I knew from the TikTok charts that it was like early up on the, on the charts. And so we were like, this could happen. Oh my gosh, we could hear it. I had already seen, um, Gail had, had posted that she had heard it on the river in Nashville. And so it was like, I had seen people that had sent me videos of them listening to it, but I hadn't listened to it. And so my mom and my brother and I just sat in our driveway and we just listened to it and we blared it and we sang along. And so that was like the first time that I got to hear it on the radio. Um, and then I will say the second time, the, the first time that I heard it on like an FM station, which I feel like are different versions. There's a nicer version for radio. And that's the ABCDE forget you. And, um, and I had just gone to my publisher, big machine. I had just gone there to decorate for, for one of my publishers, Michelle was having a birthday. And so I had gone after she had left. Um, I had gone and decorated her office so that she could be like all surprised. And then as I was driving away, um, I had turned it on and I had, I guess my, my car was like on 107.5 from before. And I heard it like halfway through it. And I, I was just like scrolling through and then I heard it and I was like, I know that song. That's my song. Oh my gosh. That's Gail. That's crazy. And so it was really cute because I was able to hear it as I was like pulling out of, out of my publisher's house. And like, it was just, it was so cute. So I feel very lucky to have had both of those, you know? What's it like to look at the Spotify chart and you see your song above Adele? It's really crazy. It's like I said, it feels so weird because it's like, it's been this whole thing. I mean, like seeing Gail's face on a billboard in Times Square where her and I have been dreaming about this together for like five over five years. And just like, as, like I said, literal baby children when we met, um, it's been so crazy seeing so many people like respond to it and and send us amazing messages and all of that is very incomprehensible but but it's been really fun we are we're both very proud of it and it's been fun doing it with people that we love and so like it's very cute me and gail and dave have all we've all been having a lot of celebrations which has been so fun awesome that's that's so important to do when you have it when you have something break like that it's important to celebrate every little piece of it along the way of course yeah i also saw the other day you were um listed as one of the writers you need to know in nashville yeah that was so cool shout out to zach khan and nashville briefing um yeah yeah, i saw that and i was in a session i was like oh my gosh i'm obsessed with literally every person on this on this list so that was that was amazing that's awesome 
Well, you, um, you don't know this, but from the time you were in Songtown, Clay and I have been working on trying to find a publisher that would be a great pop teacher. Mm-hmm. And we have edge groups where pe- people meet with a publisher once a month. And we just found this amazing person that's going to start a pop edge group in February. That's so exciting. But you were kind of the, the beginning of that because we saw you had so much talent and you had so much interest in pop. And, you know, so that led us to really kind of try to find a way to broaden the, the teaching opportunities for people that do that. That's amazing. What is it like to write pop in Nashville? And are you writing some country or are you writing a pretty much only pop? I'm writing pretty much only pop. Um, it's been amazing. I think so. I had met my publishers and signed in like the second half of 2020. So it was it was not like peak quarantine time, but I still I met them on Zoom um we met in person a week later and it was like we had spaced lawn chairs out six feet apart like the whole deal Mm -hmm. and so I was doing a ton of sessions obviously on zoom Nashville was doing obviously more in-person sessions than LA was and so I was doing a lot on zoom um which honestly was great because like I said shout out already knowing how to write on zoom and skype and so I was able to meet a ton of people where when I did go out to LA it was nice to like put a face to the name and have worked with them before. And we've talked and all of that sort of stuff. But I feel like the pop scene in Nashville has grown so much over the last few years, especially with, honestly with quarantine. I was saying this with somebody the other day and we were talking about how, you know, before, before COVID there, I think that it's been amazing because the community in Nashville aspect has still stayed, you know, like in Nashville, that's even just going out to LA, everybody says the same thing of like the community in Nashville, the community in Nashville, the community in Nashville is, unmatched and and it's true and so I think that that's been the amazing thing is whether it's pop or country or Christian or whatever kind of music that you do in Nashville there is this this sense of community and this importance of like of caring about the people that you work with and helping somebody out and all of that sort of stuff and so the pop scene was really amazing when when I was entering it which would have been around like end of 2018 beginning of 2019 is when I was meeting um people like Noreen Prunier is an amazing amazing publisher and manager and she at the time was working with Altadena and now she's out in LA and she's killing it and doing all the things but she was very much so I think a a spearhead of Nashville is doing this like there's obviously not the same community as LA just because it's a, a way smaller town and and it's not the same as country because it's its own there's just less people doing it and there's less people even knowing that it's an option. And so she would put these pop hangs on at her house and CSAC and all these different places. And that's where you could go and meet people and, and play your songs and get feedback. And so everybody kind of was able to like grow together and learn about different types of music and have all these different influences come together. And, but it still felt very small. It was very like homegrown, all of that sort of stuff. So then going into COVID, um, there were obviously everybody's lives were turned upside down. Everybody was doing Zooms. There's a lot of people that I know who moved to LA, like just all sorts of stuff. And so like, I don't think that anybody knew on the flip side of COVID slash, like at least being able to be in person again, um, what that was going to mean for that. But I think it's grown so much because I think it's really just it, there's not as many lines between different places. I think before it was like, well, you have to go to this place. And, and if somebody's going to work with you, they're going to want to have to come to Nashville where 
it kind of broke all, there were people that I was working with that were like, we, we would have a session and, and I would be in Nashville and one person would be in LA and the other person would be in Sweden. And that would not be able to reasonably happen um, before COVID. And so I think that there's a lot of growth, especially in the Nashville pop scene that happened because of that, because everybody was working together and everybody was, was in the same sessions and all of that sort of stuff. And so I think it's, it's grown so much, which has been amazing to see. And there's just so many people who are doing so many different things in it, but then also supporting each other. And, and there's like the common thread of like the love of Nashville and the love of craft and all of that, which has been amazing to see. Awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, personally when COVID happened, I, I looked at my calendar and I, and I realized I've only been working with people that are in Nashville, which is very limiting, you know? So yeah. now same as you now I'm writing with some people in Germany, some in Sweden and different combinations from people all over the world. And it's actually been very freeing and has opened up my possibilities more than uh, limiting my geographical location and only people that are there. Of course. I feel like even just as far as finding music, that helps so much when like, because I feel like a lot of times when you go into a session, it's like, okay, like, what have you been listening to? Like, what are you inspired by? And I think that it's, that's part of also like co-writing and just being collaborative and, and open-minded. It's like being able to find so many songs that I never knew existed. You know, like one of my favorite artists right now is this, this girl in LA um, named Mickey Shiloh. And she's so forward and her lyrics are so fresh. And she's got a song that was like pretty popular back in like 2015 or 2016. And I never knew that it existed. But then I went into a session with somebody that I hadn't met and they knew her. So they were telling me about her and the song. And it's just like opened up so much of like her catalog to me and and people like it and and all of that sort of stuff, which I think is just so freeing and it helps you in every, like, it doesn't even have to be the genre that you're in. Like I listen to a ton of different genres because it, I think all of it pushes every genre forward when you're super open, open-minded and, and you understand where like, wow, that's amazing. That happens more in country than it does in pop, but that's something that elevates pop. If, if all of it is blended, it's really amazing. Well, it has been so cool to see someone. I mean, the first you came over to my house one time and for a mentoring session and your mom brought you cause you couldn't drive. Mm -hmm. yep. And so you sat right here and you played me songs on, on your guitar and to see you on the global charts mm -hmm. and getting a publishing deal and all that stuff has been really, really cool. Thank you. It's been fun. I, I have to say, it's very funny thinking back to the first time that I, that we had gone to your house because in my brain, I was like, oh my gosh, East Nashville is terrifying. Like East Nashville to drive <laughs> to that, like the idea of driving on the freeway and going like, cause I live in Franklin. So going from like 65 to the split and then like around was the scariest thing. And I remember right after I'd gotten my license, we had a mentoring session and I was so terrified to drive over to East Nashville. So it's so funny thinking about that now because now like I go there all the time. And so I right. feel like it's been, it's been the little growth of a Sarah. <laughs> well, that's awesome well thanks for being here and for sharing your story and i'll be cheering you on thank you thanks for having me same to you guys all right i think there's a lot of big lessons in there from sarah uh, number one is uh you know they met when they were 12 and 14 and have been working together since then um and i'm not going to tell you their exact ages now but they've been working together for a little while 
Um, and it would be easy at that age to go, ah, I'm not sure that person has a lot to offer me, you know, uh, but they really saw talent in each other and they kept after it until they wrote what has become a huge pop hit. Like I said, they're above Adele at number one on the um, Spotify pop chart this week. So that's that's a big lesson. The, the other lesson is to find your thing. You know, Sarah was a, a pop writer in Nashville. There was a little bit of a struggle to find people to work with, but she persevered and she didn't change what she did. You know, there were points at which we had conversation about, well, maybe you should write country since you're in Nashville, but that was just not her thing. And so, you know, she was true to herself and she kept writing the music that she loved. So, you know, in Songtown, um, we are all about finding your tribe. We're all about looking around you, finding talented people and succeeding with those people. And we encourage you to check us out. Um, Check out Gail and the song ABCDEFU. There's some explicit versions and then there's some not explicit versions. Um, But it's a really well-written song and it's become a a huge international hit. So I hope you found this inspirational. Uh, Since we went over our usual time today, we're not going to leave you with a song. But check out Sarah and follow her music. Follow Gail. And uh, all the best. Hope your holidays are wonderful.